The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Gift with Robert Pruitt. This hour will motivate you to understand your significance and live your vision. It's a weekly discussion of a variety of topics designed to help you create a loving world through acts of service and more. Now, here is your host, Robert Pruitt. Hello and welcome to The Gift. Uh, This week I'm focusing on, I think, what people might have labeled ADD or ADHD. Uh, when you look at the story of the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy, uh, as I would call them, her shenanigans in the beginning of the movie, I mean, she's, she's running through the farm. She is not participating in any of the field work. Uh, she's walking across the tops of fences. Matter of fact, she falls off into the pig pen. Um, we know that there's a period where she runs off because she's unhappy that Mrs. Gulch has come to claim Toto. Uh, that she and Toto are both running through Mrs. Gulch's patch and front yard, and that's what kind of sets off the chain of events with Ms. Gulch coming to get Toto. And there are just a bunch of different things that she gets into. Uh, and as a parent of two six-year-old boys uh, who run here, there, and everywhere and get up at the crack of dawn and want to go out and play in the park, you know, I think sometimes people are, again, mislabeled uh, with ADD or ADHD, and some diagnoses, many diagnoses, are spot on. But the challenge is that there's a stigma that comes with it, and that kids in particular are ostracized and ridiculed. Uh, many times they are unfairly placed in classes that are beneath their abilities because they have the stigma or because of the stigma associated with attention deficit disorder. Um, And we know there are all kinds of uh, programs that help people to maintain focus. Um, And while it can be a challenge, you know, it seems to be in in my generation, you know, 43 years of living, uh, uh, the the new or the modern-day stigma dating back to the earlier mid-'90s, when I know prior to that in the 70s, one of the big stigmas was, you know, dyslexia. And, oh, and if anybody had that, oh, you were ostracized and you were put in a different class and you were taught or told by society that somehow you were less than and you could not manage. Well, my guest is my friend, Louise Levin, uh, who contacted me a few years ago and said, hey, Robert, I've got this vision for addressing the stigma. Um, and then she went on to let me know that Jesse and Seth, her children, were in a program uh, designed by my sponsor, the National Student Leadership Conference, and that they came back from the program, and they talked about how the program really supported them in getting clear on what they wanted to do and how, in many cases, the pieces of the program that I conducted 
kept their attention, held their attention, and that this would be, if you will, the foundation for creating the ADD Student Leadership Conference, which focuses on youth who have been uh, diagnosed with ADD or ADHD um, and helping them move from the stigma associated with that diagnosis to seeing it, embracing it, choosing to embody it as a gift, and from that place, choosing to lead, uh, choosing to contribute, choosing to serve the world, rather than hiding uh, in shame and or guilt because of the stigma associated with the, with the label. So it is a pleasure uh, to introduce to you and to have on uh, my show, uh, Louise Levin. Welcome to the show, Louise. Well, thank you very much. And it's lovely to be on a show with someone who is so well-informed about this whole um, process of ADD and how it is that it impacts people and how it is especially that it impacts the kids that have been suffering from it for so long. So um, I thought that I would just start with a definition of ADD because, there, as you said, just to expand on what you just said, there are just so many misconceptions about it. There's... Um, there are really a number of prejudices that uh, that have insinuated themselves into the general population's conversation, and unfortunately, as you said, they are held as truths with a capital T. And among those is the idea that ADD is not real, that it, these kids that are called ADD are really people that are just stupid and lazy and crazy and manipulative and that... Uh, or that it's something that rich parents use to get their kids extra time on tests or that, you know, it's a result of bad mothering or the toxins in the environment or the food that people are eating, that kids are eating, or that, you know, in the 60s when people were doing so many drugs that they've damaged their chromosomes and, you know, we've got this whole generation of kids that just can't function. You know, and while those are all very controversial and very provocative, none of them have been proved scientifically. But what has been proved scientifically and what is real, because this is a real disorder. It's a bag of stones. Everybody's got their bag of stones, and this is a real bag of stones that the people that are affected by it have. And what ADD is, is it is a neurobiological disorder that uh, is the result of an atypical chemical imbalance in the brain. So it's not emotional and it's not manipulative. It's real. It's a real physical neurobiological disorder. And it is located in the prefrontal lobe, which is that part of the brain that is right behind the flat of your forehead. And what it affects is it affects attention and it affects um, organizational skills, um, which is called executive function, and it affects impulse control. Um, it's also a developmental disorder because kids that have ADD are three to five years developmentally behind their peers until they get into their late 20s and then they catch up with their peers. Um, there's three kinds of ADD. There's ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and these are the kids that are really hyper and really fidgety. There's attention deficit inattention disorder, which are the kids that are really spacey and don't seem to be present at all. And then, and that's usually prevalent among girls. And then there is ADCD, which is attention deficit combined disorder, which is the fidgety, hyperactive, and the not being able to focus. So having said that, it's a real disorder, and I think that that needs to be acknowledged because I think that if you look at people and say, you know, who have ADD and say, oh, they're just stupid and crazy and they're manipulative and why can't they understand and why aren't they doing things properly, that it's very cruel because it's a disorder that is not visible. And it's got a lot of um, 
challenges that that make it so that the kids who are affected by this and adults as well it's a it's an hereditary disease and it doesn't go away you don't outgrow it about 65 to 70 percent of children who have ADD have it through into adulthood and so it's a bag of stones it's something if there are challenges inherent in this disorder and they need to be managed but there's also wonderful wonderful things about ADD people as I have learned Academically, I have learned viscerally. I have learned personally. I'm ADD. I have ADD 25-year-old boy-girl twins. <laughs> this was the house that everybody grew up in, and I can tell you that 60% of the population that was here was ADD. So I have seen this, you know, both. I have seen this academically and professionally as well as personally. And this is a population of people who are unusually bright, fabulously intuitive, very creative, big-picture thinkers. They think out of the box. And these are really the kids and the adults who have the kind of qualities and qualifications that are the kinds of things that are going to be leading us, that are necessary to lead us, this country as a whole, successfully through the 21st century. So this is, this is the new iteration, is that these are, the, these are the masters of the universe and the natural-born leaders that are going to take us successfully through the next, through the next portion of this century. And I like that you talked about leading us through because for so many people, they bury their gifts. And I don't just mean the gift of ADD or ADHD, um, but rather they're burying their talents, their skills, their abilities, and the experiences that they have of which ADD is a part of. Um, and that's what effective leaders utilize. They pull from the thing that they are dissatisfied with in the world, which c- creates the vision, and then they speak to it as only they can. Each person is uniquely defined and created to address some real-world issue. And so the notion that somebody can have this disorder and be an effective leader is part and parcel to what you are creating with uh, the wilderness experience uh, that you go through uh, with the ADD Student Leadership Conference. It's about shifting their own thought processes in addition to, and this is the piece that I like because you were really adamant about this, and we know in group dynamics, any change in the system affects the whole system. So you can't shift the perception and the mindset and the consciousness of the child without it impacting the school community, without it impacting the family, uh, the mother, the father situation, whatever that, that makeup is. And so the ADD Student Leadership Conference, which we'll talk more about uh, in, in a few moments, also has a parental component. Um, and, uh, you know, again, before we even get to the... the the specifics of the program. Talk to me about the impact the diagnosis has on parents. Well, I can talk to you about, you know, you mentioned not only the parents, but you mentioned school and you mentioned their capacity to lead. I think that when a child is diagnosed with ADD, because it is so misunderstood at this stage of the game that, you know, a child, as you said, is part of a system. So they're part of the home system. And the family, when, when a child is first diagnosed, um, you know, there is the tendency by a father in a family to think that the mother is not parenting properly. And so that causes all kinds of conflict between the mother and father. If you've got extended family and the extended family see this child that may be out of control or that's too spacey and can't function and can't do anything properly, 
and there is a mother-in-law or there's an aunt or there's, you know, a grandmother or there's whoever that's looking at the mother or looking at the father and tisk-tisking and saying that they're just not bringing the child up properly, or if the child is causing a lot of chaos at home because there is a chaotic element to, to children who have ADD. And as I said, ADD is hereditary, so one of the parents is going to be ADD and chaotic as well. So you've got a very chaotic home environment, and that's a real stress on the relationship, not only between the mother and father and about how they should bring the children up and about how they should control the situation, but also among siblings because, as you know, when someone in a family is either sick or they have a disorder or they're exceptional or there's something going on with them that's unusual, the focus is usually on that person, and there's a complaint among siblings in ADD families that, you know, they can do something that's masterful and brilliant, and they get n- no attention is paid to them at all. Mm-hmm. So there's a tremendous strain. Of the, child, very, the, the child that's affected often feels as though it's their fault. And whether the parents are great about that or not, or whether, you know, the parents are understanding about that or not, it doesn't matter. When you've got a primary contact person, um, you know, or primary situation, and the response is always a little glitchy and a lot, always a little inappropriate, and and um, you know, it's just tense in the home all the time. The child starts to feel as though it's their quote unquote fault, and so they feel a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of blame. And the parents in the family and the sisters and brothers in the family feel a lot of um, you know, guilt and shame and blame too, because there's just always this discord, and somebody's always getting their feelings hurt and feeling bad. When you take that and you bring it into the broader community and you bring it into the school environment, what happens in the school environment is the way, especially in the lower school grades, the way that a teacher te- treats a child is the way that the rest of the children will teach the ch- treat the child. Mm. And what happened about 10 years ago is that the school system became very well informed about this disorder and what, it, what needed to be done about it. And they were fantastic because there is a law in the school that I'm misquoting, but it's something like every child in the... U.S. school system, public school system, needs to be educated to the full extent of their capacity. And if the school system, the public school system, can't do that, they have to identify the child. They have to provide them with remedial kinds of things in the school. And if that doesn't work, then they have to take that child and send them out to another school where they Louise, can be taught. Let me let me put a pin in that because I want to make sure that we get this educational piece in. We're getting ready to go to a break in about 10 seconds. So when okay. you come back... I want to not only talk about that educational piece, but I want to talk about what the school community, family community, and the child himself, herself, needs to acknowledge about ADD, ADHD. You're listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866-2-VOLUNTEER. Or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. Gifts are made to be given away. 
Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752. 800-994-6752. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back to The Gift. You are listening to Louise Levin, who is speaking about who was a clinician um, and speaking about uh, ADD, ADHD, um, ADCD, um, the various uh, versions of attention deficit disorder, and in particular, uh, how to utilize that as, one, how to view it as a gift, and then, two, to utilize it to effectively serve our world, to lead others uh, to make a profound contribution because the stigma, the historical stigma associated with that label is that it's not real, people are stupid and lazy, uh, this is rich folks' way of exploiting, you know, educational process so that their time can have more child, more time to excel, uh, must be something in the food people are eating, uh, damaged chromosomes. Uh, we understand that it is hereditary, so there must be at least one person within that family system uh, that has it. So we've discussed in the first segment the family conflict. There's chaos within the home, but in particular, there's shame, there's guilt, and there's blame that is experienced. And we know shame and guilt have nothing, or at least are not unique to ADHD. Uh, everybody can experience it, and I would argue that the nature of our fears are attached to shame, I'm a bad person, um, guilt, I've done something bad, and blame is the absence of personal responsibility. So my guest, Louise Levin, has created the ADD Student Leadership Conference, which is designed to reframe or to uh, rethink how the individual who is diagnosed with ADD thinks and sees herself, and then from a new and rich and loving space, let go of the shame, let go of the guilt, and let go of the blame so that she, he emerges into the world, this wonderfully empowered being that recognizes that she has 
talents, skills, abilities, and experiences that are designed to be shared with the world. And so, again, Louise, we were talking about, before the break, the second system, you know, and, and there's no real order to this, but the first system was the family and the conflict there. Talk about the educational conflict, particularly with a, a cut in funding. Yeah, well, what's happening in the public school systems is that 10 years ago they were identifying these kids and really doing, having wonderful programs and um, being able to facilitate the process of getting these kids on a, on a proper track so that they could realize their, their potential. And what's happened now, and it's no fault of the schools and no fault of the teachers, but what's happened right now is because most of the municipalities in this country are bankrupt, um, the schools are reluctant to identify these kids because they have to educate them using special services in the school, which are costly. And if they can't take care of them in the school, then they have to send them to very, very expensive schools outside of the public school system, and they have to pay for the transportation as well. So we are now back to this has further exacerbated the situation of the ADD child because the way that a teacher talks to a child and treats a child is the way that the classmates treat them. And so because they're not identifying these kids, they, the kids have gone back to being stupid, uh, perceived as stupid, lazy, and crazy, and the parents can't get anywhere with their conversation. So we're back to the fact that it's bad parenting and the kids are stupid and lazy and crazy. So by the time a child gets to be where they are getting ready to graduate from high school, they have been so compromised and their integrity and their dignity and their capacity has been so compromised that they have very little self-esteem. And they're, they're really very badly injured. And you said before you wanted to know how it was that the schools could help the kids and how the families could help the kids. I am of the mind that you have to help yourself, that you really can't count on anybody else because you don't know what mitigating circumstances are that are going to be affecting the quote-unquote others. And so what we have done with ADD Student Leadership is we have developed a program that demystifies and normalizes ADD for, kid, for the kids themselves because we want the kids to own their ADD. We want them to take responsibility for it. We want them to learn how to manage the challenges, and we want them to learn how to expand on the opportunities. And that way they can go from feeling guilt and blame and shame and being problem-focused, and they can start to get solution-focused, and they can start to realize their real potential. Mm. And since you've brought up the, uh, the programming, can you recall what clicked for you where you said, I'm clear I need to invest my time and energy in the development of this program? I think that there were just too many kids that had fabulous potential that were going unidentified and unrecognized and that were suffering needlessly. And I just understood that these kids needed their own voice because it is, it's necessary, it's incumbent upon them to educate the people around them because education is power. And I don't think that people deal with ADD people cruelly on purpose. I think that they're just uneducated about what it is that they're experiencing. And I think that the more education that people have and the more education that people who are functioning within different systems have, the better they will treat the people who are affected by this disorder. So for you, what was it like raising because there are invariably parents who listen to the show um, what were some of the hardships associated with having this knowledge yet still managing 
a family dynamic where ADD, ADHD was present for you? Well, one answer to that question is the divorce rate among first-time marriages in the United States is 50%. And among ADD families, it's 30% higher than that. So there was a lot of tension within my own family personally. And as far as the cool schools are concerned, I am very well informed about this. And I can tell you that being a, a very aggressive and very tough woman, I spent countless hours sitting in offices with the tears rolling down my cheeks because I had the conversation, but I couldn't get the people to listen. And my son went to a special school for two years, and in the school they took the children literally away from the parents and taught the kids how to advocate for themselves. And I found that my son, there were people who would say to me, you know, your son is, is you know, 10 years old, 11 years old. I've never heard someone who's so articulate about what's going on with them, and he's relentless and doesn't stop until he gets what it is that he wants. Mm-hmm. So that's what worked, and I saw that that's what worked, and it just fit into, you know, my professional life, my personal life, and... Um, and I decided to build a program around it and to bring in people who I thought were the best and the brightest in the different areas that they were involved in to facilitate the process. What is the contact number? I don't want to wait to the end of the show. Contact number or email for our listeners. Well, we have got a website, and it's called addstudentleadership.org. It's all one word. And if you want to call and get information about the program, the number is 888-376-8231. And the email is P as in Peter, H-E-R-Z as in Zebra, B as in Boy, E-R-G as in Girl, number one, at gmail.com. Very good. Now, let me ask. We have about two and a half minutes before our break. You know, we've you've clearly identified, at least brought to our awareness, some of the issues associated as they impact the family, the school, uh, certainly the individual. In order for anyone to move from blame, guilt, and shame to uh, love, freedom, self-expression, what's one thing that comes to mind for you that a person with ADD, ADHD needs to acknowledge? Well, I think one of the biggest problems with ADD and ADHD that is one thing that very few people are discussing and describing right now, and I think it's the people, the, the thing that... Um, causes the the most prejudice against ADD people is that ADD people have a diminished capacity to generalize. In other words, someone will do something, they will commit a transgression, you know, a child's room will be absolutely filthy, they will come home late, they won't raise their hand in class, and they'll be called out on that transgression, and um, they, two minutes later, are doing exactly the same thing again because they don't have the capacity to generalize from one situation to the other. And I think that awareness, awareness, awareness about what it is that you have is, is absolutely important. And then I think taking the responsibility to do something about what it is that you become aware of. You know, there, there are compensatory skills that can be learned to mitigate the, the ADD. And it, they, they can be learned the same way that you learn to play an instrument and the same way that you learn to play a sport. But I think that you have to acknowledge the fact 
and admit to the fact that this is something that you have, mm. and then own it, take responsibility for it, and start to employ different kinds of techniques that will facilitate the process of mitigating you know, the negative, and, and negative, negative aspects of this challenge. I think that that's the best thing that a person can do individually, and I think that's where it has to start. And I think one of the other things are for those of us that play a role in the community, for us to acknowledge our own either ignorance, yep. our own prejudices, yep. um, our own negative thoughts regarding that label, because I, I'm really clear that if I were to tease or ostracize somebody that has this diagnosis, what I'm really doing is allowing myself to feel better about the situations and labels that have been placed upon me, <laughs> whether they've been imposed by others or whether I impose them, like I'm stupid, incapable of loving, learning, being liked. I mean, you know, again, we talk about it in an ADD context, but it is not inherently unique. To Correct. an individual with ADD, that is part Correct. of our human experience. And in a leadership context, there is so much negative self-talk that we embody and internalize that, you know, that analysis becomes paralysis. So when we yep. come back, we're going to talk about what people need to accept. We're going to talk about the program, give some details on that, and give that information out because I want people to call you. I want people to sign up. Um, I want people to fill the program, and I want people to have a transformational experience that is a profound and powerful, um, I don't know, process for, for the rest of their lives. So you're listening to The Gift. We'll be back in about two minutes after we pay some bills. <laughs> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752, 800-994-6752. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Gifts are made to be given away. 
Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. Haiti has been hit hard by a massive earthquake. Hundreds of thousands of children and families are suffering and without basic necessities. Save the Children is on the scene to save lives. Your donation is urgently needed. Call 1-800-SAVE-THE-CHILDREN or go online at savethechildren.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Leadership. L-E-A-D. E-R-S-H-I-P. My guest, Louise Levin, actually spells leadership with two Ds. L-E-A-D-D-E-R-S-H-I-P. Our conversation is about taking the stigma, removing the stigma from ADD, and allowing oneself to see or allowing yourself to see that as a gift rather than something to be ashamed of, rather than something to hide, rather than something that facilitates guilt. Um, So it's perfect that the ADD Student Leadership Conference spells leadership with two Ds. Um, Before we left for the break, we were talking about um, what people need to acknowledge, particularly the individual. And in this case, it's the student. Uh, Louise, do me a favor. uh, Just share with us the age group, the target age group for this program, and talk a little bit about some of the components of the program. What's happening when a student and a parent uh, pulls up uh, for this four-day experience? Well, I just want to reiterate something that you always say, which is... uh... Again, we, we are doing a positive reframe and we're doing a, uh, a positive paradigm shift around these kids because, as you always say, the, di- the diagnosis doesn't own them. And, um, and that when they get to the point where they accept what it is that they have and that it makes them, it frees them up to make positive choices. And one of the choices that they can make is that, you know, they, they do have this leadership potential. And so we've developed a program, as I said before, to normalize and demystify um, ADD for these kids. And the program that we have, ADD Student Leadership, has four components. The first component is the leadership component, where we say to the kids that, you know, it's time to take your rightful place as a leader because you know who you are. Viscerally and instinctually, you know who you are. And now you have to learn the skills to let others know who you are, too. Um, we have a program for the parents. When the kids get to the, to the camp, they get out of the car, they go to their session, and the parents go to their session, too. And essentially, the parents learn about 
what the kids are going to be exposed to over the next four and a half days because, as we've said before, you know, no man is an island. People live within systems, <clears throat> and if a child is living within a family system, if the family's not educated about what's going on, when the child comes back to the family, not only are they going to not be able to implement what it is that they've just learned, but they're going to be fighting against all of the old habits that the family had, the family system had. So you need to educate the family as well. So the parents are taken off, and they're educated about the program, and the kids are, are led off, and they learn about what it is that's going to happen with them. And what the program is is it's a combination of leadership, survival, and education. The education component is they learn about what they've got, how to present it, how to advocate for themselves at school, at home, and with their friends. Uh, there's a survival component because we feel that if you learn how to survive and not get lost in the woods, you can survive and not get lost in life or anywhere. Uh, there's the family component that we just discussed. And there's the leadership component. And this is not a program that's going to change, you know, alter the, the family and, and, and alter this disorder and change the kids completely in four and a half days. What it's going to do is it's going to start a brand new conversation. And it's going to give kids positive skills and a positive reframe, and it's going to start them on their, on their positive journey, on their, their empowered and positive journey. And when the students come through your program, what is it that you'd like them to accept about themselves or about their potential? That they're really fabulous and that all this negative speak that they've been listening to and that they have been internalizing over the past however long is just a matter of misinformation and miscommunication. But now we want them there. We want them to be empowered. We want them to understand who they really are, to get rid of the guilt and the blame and the shame and to get a better understanding of who they are and what, what, their, what their real potential is and put them on the path to realizing that real potential. The parents, you created a component for the parents because what? Because they've been living with the same guilt and shame and blame and they've been living with the same confusion and we want them to start a more conversation as well. You know, there's something... <clears throat> called, um, oh, God, what is it called? It's exhaustion. It's compassion exhaustion. When people have been dealing with a negative situation for a very long period of time, they start to become problem-focused. All they can do is think about the problems, and all somebody has to do is create an aha, and suddenly you see things from a different perspective. And what we want is we want the parents to see this, to see their children and their situation from a more positive perspective. And you know, in, in a, on the more negative side, you know, if you take kids and you start to make them quote-unquote healthy and you sit, send them back home to put their head on a sick pillow, then you're going to do away with all of the progress that you've made while they've been at the program. So we want the parents to give themselves some applause and make them realize that they really are very powerful and fabulous people as well and that this is just a challenge they've been dealing with. And here are some tools to deal with that challenge in a different way so that you can create solutions rather than problems. Yeah, one of the features of the program that I love is the sit spot. Uh -huh, uh, yeah. You know, and for those of you listening that may not know, that is where, over the course of time, you will have selected a place in the woods or you know in a in a specific area. It could be on a hillside or wherever the whatever the terrain offers, in a grassy knoll, where you sit 
and quietly, if you will, commune. And yes, that's both spiritual, because by the definition of communion, it means, you know, an an alignment between a higher power and the human being, Um, but to also commune with nature, to be at one, and I would also offer equally as important to commune with ourselves, because my understanding of ADD is that there's so much going on in one's head that to sit still is one of the things that people say, you know, uh, a child is incapable of doing. And I know that you mentioned in the first segment that a child with, you know, attention deficit combined disorder that has that fidgety component added to it may in fact have, you know, difficulty sitting still. But that doesn't mean that there isn't the possibility or it doesn't take away the possibility that given the right situation, that a child with a deep breath and a desire to do something different could not sit in a spot, whether it's for five seconds, five minutes, or 15 minutes, and just be still. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from my Christian perspective, there is a verse that says, you know, be still and know that I am God. Um, and that essentially is saying, rather than leaving things to your own understanding and attempting to do what you want to do, still yourself, allow me to speak through you so that you will know what to do. I'll order your steps and guide you. And it is the same ability to calm one's thinking that they will do in a sit-spot zone during that four-and-a-half-day experience that they can then take home. Uh, You know, I found in my own life, and you know as a parent, there are times where (laughs) raising your children, you need to sit still. Uh, Back in the day, my mama used to count. (laughs) She didn't do it out loud, but I could tell when she would not answer me, she was going into her head, you know, if you will, into a quiet space that she would create, whether she was standing at the sink or she was in the living room or in the bedroom, so she could ground herself and experience a sense of peace and then respond. And part of what you are supporting is the distinction between a child reacting to the stigma associated with ADD and responding to what life offers. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we react, it's habitual knee-jerk. We don't think about it. We've rehearsed it, which is why it is an unconscious reaction or action that is taken to something in our world that triggers us. So if people are laughing in the classroom, it might trigger the thought, they're all laughing at me. So my knee-jerk reaction is to shut down, close my book, keep my hand to myself, keep my questions to myself, and, and if you will, attempt to disappear. But a leadership program does not invite one to disappear. It invites you to take a look at what you're making up about who you are, what you're making up about your world and your role in it. And so, you know, again, that sit-spot feature uh, it's just a powerful opportunity to go, if I can do this here, I can do it anywhere. Uh, one of the other features that I love is the piece that you have in your program that deals with concentric rings. To understand that as we move through an environment, you know, much the way you drop a pebble into the water and the ripples move out, every movement we make sends out a rippled effect that disturbs things in our environment. And as a leader, you know, what we're dropping into the proverbial pool of people or human consciousness is our vision. 
and how we are being disturbs the environment through which we move. So if I am being reserved, withdrawn, if I'm being um, callous, if I'm being, if I'm showing up as angry, if I'm showing up, as you said earlier, Louise, as um, um, shameful, if I'm showing up with doubt, that is going to disturb my environment and it will hinder my ability to lead. So I just wanted the listening audience to understand it is a wilderness experience. No, we're not climbing mountains, but will you have an opportunity to see how you live, how you show up in a small outdoor community? The answer is yes. Will your assumptions about who you are be tested through ADD student leadership program? Absolutely. Is there the potential for personal and collective growth? Yes, because the student, the child is involved, and then the family is involved so that when they return home, they are on a similar page with new ideas and methodologies for interacting so that they can accept that, okay, they have this diagnosis, and okay, ADD, ADHD has an impact on the environment, but how they see themselves can transform how they show up in the world and how they serve others. So when we come back from break, it's going to be our last few minutes together. Um, Louise, I'm going to invite you to give some thought during the break to what are some things that we can do as the listening audience to support this shift in consciousness? Because it can't just be with the families and the children that participate in the program. I mean, there are educators that are listening, and there are youth uh, that may never attend the program that are listening that will always encounter somebody with ADD, ADHD. So give some thought to some tips, a tip or two that's specific that we can use uh, to create this change and paradigm shift uh, that you've spoken about. You're listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Gifts are made to be given away. Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752. 800-994-6752. Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. 
The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866-2-VOLUNTEER. Or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. We've been talking about spelling leadership with two Ds to highlight attention deficit disorder, Um, talking about one's awareness of our interpretations of ADD or ADHD as not being real. Uh, The individual diagnosed with this disorder as being stupid and lazy. Um, We've been talking about the role of guilt, the impact on the family as chaotic uh, household, uh, that there's just really discord in the family structure, uh, that there's blame and shame that the individual and the family experience, um, that even in the school community, now that funding has been substantially cut, that children who are not able to receive the diagnoses, if you will, um, are often shunned, if you will, which supports the development of low self-esteem. And self-esteem is how you think about yourself. That's what esteem is. And so if a child devalues themselves, if a child thinks that they're stupid, if a child thinks like Dorothy did in The Wizard of Oz, represented for me by the scarecrow, that she lacked intellect or the ability to think on her own, or in the Ten Woodsmen, she got to see an aspect of herself as not being lovable, inability to connect and operate from the heart, because what connects us is not our mind or the gifts that we give. What connects us is our heart, or the aspect of Dorothy's self that she saw in the cowardly lion, the inability to take a stand. My guest, Louise Levin, is offering ADD Student Leadership Conference as the ability, if you will, to codify the various aspects of yourself so that you stand tall and embody certain principles like courage, the principle of commitment, the principle of integrity, the principle of vision. Uh, But there are some things that we not only get to acknowledge about the diminished capacity for a child in particular, since the program deals with children, uh, to generalize between situations. Um, but there are some things I think we get to do as a community uh, in support of this shift in one's thinking. And so, Louise, I just want to offer you, before I let you go, um, if there's anything that you'd like the listening audience to know about ADD, about creating a paradigm shift. I'd love for you to just take a couple of minutes to share that thought. 
All right, and before I do that, I would just like to thank you for your wisdom and your clarity and your insights. It's always so refreshing to speak with you. Um, I think that the only piece of advice that I can would like to leave people with is that the most important thing that you can do, and it's really expanding on what it was that you just said, is that you need to get rid of your negative conversation, your internal conversation. We all have an internal conversation and a tape that's playing in our head all the time. And I think that if you can change that from I can't to I will, from I don't to I do, and just you know, they say fake it until you make it. Just practice that. Practice empowering yourself through your internal conversation. Be aware of your internal conversation, whether you're the one who is the perpetrator or you're the one who's being impacted and affected by by those thoughts, that it will just make it a much healthier and much more positive place to live, this world of ours. And I would offer that would extend to anything because we love to cast you know, aspersions about other people. And one of the things that I've become real clear about is that every judgment I render says something about the view I hold of myself. Um, So if I judge you in a way that is honest and fair and that is loving, you know, I'm still rendering judgments about me or sharing with you something about me. But we know, particularly in the context of school, Woo! Can people be callous and rude, um, mean, you know? And so I, I can only imagine, um, and I don't really have to imagine because I've heard enough stories um, from youth and adults alike about dealing with the temperament and, and the, I guess, just the nasty comments, the barrage of nasty comments that daily reinforce, as you said, the negative self-talk. And that self-talk is what is attached to our esteem. So if it's positive, we have what we call high or healthy esteem. And if it's negative self-talk, then we end up with low or diminished esteem. And so I thank you for offering your gift of ADD student leadership. Please give us that telephone number. uh, Give us the website one more time. Okay, the website is addstudentleadership.org, all one word, addstudentleadership.org. The telephone number is 888-376-8231. That's 888-376-8231. And the uh, email is P is in Peter, H-E-R-Z like zebra, B like boy, E-R-G like George, number one, at gmail.com. That's P-H-E-R-Z-B-E-R-G-1 at gmail.com. Wonderful. And if they need to, you can also be contacted through your website, correct? Correct. Great. Wonderful. Well, Louise, thank you so much for spending your time and your day with me and with us. 
Well, thank you, Robert. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome, welcome. I love you. Okay, me too. I go, love you too. Go on, Bye. enjoy. Did you now? Where are, are you in Miami, or did you go out west? Which no, way? no, no. I'm actually in Connecticut, and it's a gorgeous day. It's about 75 degrees, and the sun is shining, and it's fabulous. And my twins, who turned 25 yesterday, came home and surprised me. So I'm wow. here in Connecticut. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Please tell them yep. I said hello. I will definitely do that. Thank you. You're welcome. Enjoy your day. Okay, you too. Thanks, Robert. Bye. So again, this is the gift. It's a conversation about serving others. And, I, you know, I have no idea how long I'll be running this show, but I want the point to be clear that everybody has been created to contribute in a way that advances love. Everybody has been created to contribute in a way that serves someone else. But you're going to have to look inside, get still, and get clear about what it is that you've been given. And from my perspective, ask God what it is he wants you to do. It doesn't mean you're always going to do it, but if you look at your life, it is the direct result of your thinking. How's it working? Maybe it's an opportunity to try something else. Do something today that serves someone else. Everything you need is inside. God bless. Talk to you next week. It's in every one of us. You've been listening to The Gift. Join your host, Robert Pruitt, again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thank you again for spending part of your weekend with us. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.